Please tell me when. Good evening and happy Wednesday. Before you're like panicking, yes, tonight's episode is on Wednesday. That's because my special guest had the situation arise last night and we had to adapt on the fly because we're amazing entrepreneurially minded people like that. And uh, I wanted to give her her time in the, on this episode and she's a very important person to me. So we are getting ready to kick off episode three of season three of the Open Heart Collective. I am the host or curator of this particular series. Uh, my name is Ryan Block. I'm excited to be here tonight. My guest this evening is the one, the only Shauna, aka Mrs. Haston Hustle. <laughs> uh, without any further ado, Shauna, say hello and introduce yourself uh, before we get into uh, the flow of the conversation. Awesome. Well, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm really excited to be here. And yes, I'm sorry about my situation. And I hope uh, I hope you all don't mind switching your evening for me. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Not at all. So the um, how this show works, um, because Sean is really new to this and, and, and hasn't seen a lot of it. So we're broadcasting live on Facebook right now. So anybody who tunes in is going to be able to interact with us. If nobody tunes in, they can check, catch us in the, in, in the replay. And then the video lives in Facebook. But because we're not a one-dimensional universe anymore, I don't just keep it on one platform. Typically, we're also broadcasting live on Instagram at the same time to give it a little bit more immediate direct engagement. But in the instance of tonight, we're, uh, we're just going Facebook. Um, so what we do from here is Sunday night, at the end of the week, we're going to go ahead and brought, um, I'm gonna take the video from Facebook, and then I'm going to upload it to YouTube. So all you YouTube fanatics out there, the video will be available on YouTube on Sunday. But I know there's a mass quantity of people who love the audio, right? So for those audio listeners, we have the, the audio from this, and then Friday's episode will be available on all podcast streaming platforms everywhere Sunday. So, um, without any further <laughs> delay, I'm, uh, it's been a good day for me. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of flying really high at the moment um, as I drink tea out of my Baymax coffee mug. That's awesome. Um, anyways, so this show, the show came to be in March, right? We're, because we don't talk about mental health or mental health struggles enough. Right, we're in this world where we're re reacting to mental health. We're not being proactive. We're, we're in this world of constantly being on the offense, always doing things, be hustling, all that kind of stuff, right? But one thing that we haven't been on, on the proactive about the, the hustle for is our mental health and the mental health in the community of people that surround us. Mm -hmm. So. If nobody's having these conversations, I figured my voice is pretty freaking loud that I'd start having these conversations. But, and this is important, any mental health stories isn't really complete if we only just talk about the struggles or just talk about the darkness, right? So in a few minutes, we'll get into your story and get to know you a little bit more. Um, that's phase number one of this conversation. Phase two is where we talk about what are those some of those obstacles you've had to face and what did you do to overcome them? And then last but certainly not least, and this is the important part, 
we have to be talking about what's exciting right now in our world, right? We have to talk about not just the darkness, but what happens when you get past the darkness, because we got to inspire and give hope because there's not enough people being a light in the dark. So this gives us the ability to be that and to have those conversations and for allow us in this community to have safe places to have these types of conversations, because I feel we need to have these conversations more and surely more often than we have been in the past. So um, I'm tired of losing people who inspire me. So I figured the only way to do that was to start the conversation. So without any further delay, Shauna, I'd love to hear your story. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I think your mission is- 30, 34 episodes of this. I think I've got it down. You've got it down. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, okay. So I started out um, actually in science and engineering and um, worked in that field for a while. And um, about 10 years ago, I decided, not even, yeah, about ten, a little less than 10 years ago, I decided to make the, the flip because I realized I'd tried to just go into what was marketable and not really what I was passionate about. And uh, so I did, I made the flip. And I went back to school and I studied uh, event management and, um, and business. And then I worked for the college and um, in events. And, um, and then I started to build up my own business. And building out a business is a very unique and lonely adventure. <laughs> We've talked about this off air, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, I worked from home. I um, I was planning people's events. I was doing large events, like 500 to 1,000 people conferences worldwide, and, um, and then incentive trips, um, again, worldwide. So it was exciting um, to the outside world, and it was certainly exciting to me, too. But, you know, I spent, you know, most events are planned 90% on paper before you ever see a person almost, you know. Uh -huh. And so, you know, again, it was just very lonely. And there's a lot of um, a lot of stress around that. And you're working with clients and you have a lot of deadlines. And it was just it was very um, hard to always be alone. Right. Um, so then, um, but it was good. It was not terrible. And I, and I was still figuring out how to do everything, right? How do I charge? How do I, you know, how do I make this work? And then um, about three years ago, I decided that I wanted to um, initiate a project that I was just very passionate about. So I'd been following Gary Vaynerchuk for a while and um, really loved his stuff and uh, loved who he was and his message. And I decided that I'm like, I need to do an event with him here in Canada. We don't have as many events like the um, you all do in America. So I thought, you know what, let's try and bring him here and do something really um, wonderful for the entrepreneurs that are in this area because typically entrepreneurs and business people are traveling to the States to huge events. Right. And they're spending a few thousand dollars and, you know, time and energy and everything to go to these big events. And I thought, you know what, that's not very conducive to an early stage entrepreneur. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, who can do that, right? So I'm like, if we bring them here, they will come, you know, sort of, <laughs> I'm dating myself. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I thought, let's do it. So I, I did. I just literally set 
out to do it. Um, started on Super Bowl Sunday of 2016. And um, I had Gary booked within like two months of that date. And um, and then we were off to the races and um, sponsorship and everything. And so the problem was that I had always trained as an event planner, but not a producer. And so, you know, I ended up, you know, taking on this producer role, but not necessarily recognizing the difference until it was a bit too late. And the difference being that you're responsible to sell everything, sell the sponsorships, sell the tickets, sell the vendor space, whatever, right? And, Which again, when you're on your own, is a very lonely thing. Exactly. So it's very lonely all the time. And you're also alone in the stress of it. So like right. I, I knew what I needed to you know bring in and I knew the payments that were coming out and I knew the, the people that were relying on me and I knew the, you know, the, I knew all the balls I was dropping. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, I mean, the, the event did go off and it went really well. We had some pretty significant challenges in the back end, um, <laughs> very significant, but uh -huh. as, as a guest, no one would have known like it. Right. You know, it did go off effortlessly, and I do have to give a lot of credit to my team because they they were phenomenal in that. <laughs> what ended up happening is I ended up, you know, just taking a huge financial hit off that event, uh -huh. and a uh, huge first year event. I know all that too well. I know. I know that all too well. I know. So it was so that in it, that experience became very very lonely and 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 so so stressful because then all of a sudden I'm on the hook for all this you know, money that I didn't have and I, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Now, thankfully, Gary was generous enough to offer to come back and do another event with me because he liked it so much, I guess. Um, and he was just so kind to me. And, and we ended up doing another event and, and reconciling that, which was great. But um, in the interim, when I was – he gave me the opportunity, in a sense. Like, he said, I'll come back and do another event with you. But, I mean, that still requires me taking – all that time and energy and effort and putting on another event. And it's still, it's like, so he gave me an opportunity, but he did not a gift. So the gift was the opportunity, but I still had to work really, really hard for that. Right. right. And I still had to put my neck on the line again, which, you know, I still have a lot of scar tissue from that. <laughs> and, uh, and I had to, you know, and I had to, I had to really like, and, and it was even lonelier this time because I was dealing with the stress of everything that had happened and I didn't have uh -huh. a team anymore because I couldn't afford to pay for a team and I couldn't afford all the things that I had, you know, mismanaged in my first year, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I, I ended up doing it all, not all alone because by the end I had some great volunteers. Um, but yeah, that was a very lonely process and it generated enough, you know, it was great. It ended up turning out really wonderfully and I'm very lucky. Right. But through all that, you know, I just recognized the value of people in my life. You know, like I, I, I generated, I just started reaching out to people when I was like really in the sort of pit of despair right after the event because I was so exhausted and so stressed. And, and, and really, I didn't know how I was going to like suddenly just pay off all this debt that I acquired, right? right. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So it was pretty, um, pretty dark. And but what I did is I just started reaching out to people, people I didn't even know. Like I reached out to a guy who I read about in Entrepreneur Magazine. I just liked his story, and I'm like, I wonder if he'll talk to me. And I did. I just like randomly found him on LinkedIn, messaged him, and he got on an hour long phone call with me. You know, LinkedIn him. for the win again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so it just so that sort of situation happened over and over again. And I found myself seeking out those conversations with. Right. 
you know, professionals. And I, and what I found is I heard the same story over and over again is Shauna, you're not alone. Like everyone's gone through something like this. Um, and, and some of them to even a greater degree. Um, and so I just recognize that, you know, there's a lot of, there's so much power in human connection and, 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 the problem is, is that so many of us don't take the opportunity to reach out for it when we need it. And and we forget. I mean, it's just sort of another tour almost, right? But um, once you start doing it, it does really, really help. And, um, and you don't have to reach out to strangers. You can reach out to friends. But um, for me, that was um, a, a lifesaver, you know? And uh, so just it, it generated um, so much value in my life. And it's still now one of my... Um, key indicators for me when i'm getting really low i can always say oh i haven't really spent a lot of time with you know people who elevate me and it's funny because i went down to do an interview with gary uh in new york last september i think it was september yeah and he said that to me he's like you know you have to you know keep people close that are you know that encourage you and build you up and let everyone else go he said and i'm preach he said it in a much more crass way, but I'm going to... Well, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was good. Anyway, so that's my well, story. That, that, that's part of your story. Yeah. I, I liked that part. I, <laughs> and, I, and I knew a little bit about that part already. But, and, and I appreciate kind of going back that last five, ten years of, all right, we, we did this, this didn't work. I had these struggles and I had to overcome them with this. And then a little bit into what's going on right now, but where, what in life kind of led you to where you are now? So, um, for, for, and, and I'll, and I'll give an example. Mm -hmm. So me, uh, I've always been a very large mental health advocate, but up until about 10, 12 years ago, I really didn't understand why mm -hmm. I was. Because I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety and, and um, um, self-harm when I was growing up. And uh, for really for no other reason other than the fact that I felt alone and that nobody gave a shit and that it was, that it was hard and life sucked and nobody gave a – and nobody was wanting to be close. Um, parents went through a divorce, all, all that kind of stuff. So – but it was my last suicide attempt, 17, no, close to 18 years ago now, that for me was what was the catalyst really because I was so just done. And then to, to, to survive something as traumatic as that with literally no scars, um, and then to recall that several years later is what really gave me the power to jump into this and have these conversations because in order to really understand, it's, it's like when you're working with a client, right? In order to understand their goals and objectives and where they want to go in life or with a particular project, you first need to understand where they're coming from. So you have that baseline, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to know a little bit more about Shauna. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll pry, but I won't pry too much. Um, but keep in mind, this is a safe place. And if you feel like you want to share more, mm -hmm. this, this is the community and the place to do it. Um, 
because everybody has those, whether it be a childhood issue or just the fear of not fitting in that to, to the entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs. I mean, we've, we, the, through these last three weeks, including this week or the the first two weeks of this uh, new season, I've had some rather strong female entrepreneurs on this show. I mean, from, from Ashley Horner, who kicked off the, the season three, and then Lila, uh, Lila Smith on Friday, yourself tonight, and then we've got Grace Presley coming on Friday. Like it, the reason why I wanted to bring on season three with a strong female lead is because I don't think we're addressing, I addressed a lot of men's mental health in the first two seasons, but that's just because a lot of my colleagues were like, oh yeah, I'll, t- I'll get on and talk. Mm-hmm. But like bringing in strong female entrepreneurs who have accomplished a lot was important to me because there's a lot of female entrepreneurs and female leaders who aren't, who are feeling like their opinions around mental health aren't being given attention. And I want this to be an all-inclusive platform and very much so an all-inclusive community. So if you feel you want to share more, Mm -hmm. I compel you to do so because this is the platform and the place to do so. Uh, if not, and I'm probably too much, you could tell me to go to hell and I'm okay with that as well. <coughs> well I don't do that. And plus, this is not the Ryan Block show. Mm-hmm. This is the guest show. Okay. I just happen to be able to be the one to curate all of it. So, um, but I could talk ad nauseum. So I'm just going to let you kind of, okay, well, I'm I- passing the mic. I don't want to be a disappointment. I mean, <laughs> I. But hey, <laughs> there is no disappointment in know, this I space. I am. So. I'm just kidding. I, I. I don't have a significant like trauma that I can, refer, you know what I mean? It's not like I've had any like major trauma in my life or anything that I could point to and say, oh, that yeah, I'm very blessed. Like I. I um I I do see that as something you know great, um, but at the same time I think sometimes people like myself who, you know, I you know you go and hear all these people's stories and there's so much people have had a lot of trauma and people have had a lot of um, challenges throughout their lives and um, and I think sometimes we forget that just because you have <coughs> trauma doesn't mean you haven't experienced challenges and right? that's where I was leading to. Okay. So keep okay. going. Okay, good. So um, yeah. So I mean, I look at you know, I I had a really wonderful life growing up and happy family, and you know, for the most part, I mean, we were probably as screwed up as any other. Break- <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, nothing out of the ordinary of uh, screwed upness. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just it was pretty happy and um, and just sort of did normal things. But I think, um, you know, I had I had pretty strict high demands. Like, I had high demands to do really well in school and go on and, and, and you know, get second, uh, post-secondary education. And, you know, like I say, go on into these, like, really highly marketable positions and, um, and following my parents' footsteps that way. And so that you know that was, that caused a lot of stress on me all the time. Like I being was, the offspring of a high performer is a stressful thing. I know, 
and I, my mother's particularly high performing. And um, what does your mother do? If you don't mind me asking, she was a hospital administrator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know that life. Yeah, so she, you know, like she would. And to this day, my mom is 75 years old, and she probably still outperforms me on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, this is like, I, I, have, I have a very high, um, um, high ball to hit, or high ball to hit. So, I don't know, I think that certainly caused a lot of stress. But, I mean, when I got older, though, um, and I was in school, I dealt with, like, serious anxiety. So, you know, like, I to the point where I couldn't even get in an elevator. And See, I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, keep going. <laughs> And, um, and it was a real challenge because I was studying mining engineering. So, you know, when you go into- Why that choice? Man, I, I'm just curious. Uh, I loved it, actually. I loved, I loved geology and I loved all those things. My grandfather was a professor of geology, so we have that in common. Oh, interesting. So um, I, was, I was living way up north and I was doing, you know, interesting research and whatnot, but, um, I, I would get so, so, I would have panic attacks in our um, in our labs because there was no windows and the doors would be closed and there's, and then like intense like smells and stuff would cause me stress. And so there was that, sometimes there was that. And, um, and so I would have to leave and I would get up these like insane like panic attacks just from that. And it seems so irrational to, to me even now and to the to a rational person, but I couldn't break myself of it, you know. And um, I ended up having to leave a semester early at one point, and then go back. Um, and I literally moved home, um, and it's five hours away from here. And um, I moved home, and didn't go back for another two years. And so it was a real challenge. And I think, you know, it really disappointed. Like, so then, you know, all those feelings of like, oh, I'm a disappointment. I, disappointment, I can't, I can't meet the standards that have been set for me. I can't do what I'm supposed to do. And um, I don't know, it was, that was hard, really hard on me. And I, so that, that was certainly something that I, um, yeah couldn't really, really overcome for quite a long time. What and did then, you do to overcome it? It's funny. I, I don't know if I am as fully. I don't, like, even today, actually, I went to a meeting in this old building in Toronto, and I, I hate, I'm just so claustrophobic. That's what it is. And so I stood there, and this little elevator comes, and uh, I, I got in, and then I got out, and then I got in, and then I got out. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, like, what is wrong with me? Like, I can't even do this. And yet, you know, and yet I'm over in Singapore and I'm at the, going up to the 97th floor or something, <laughs> like some crazy hotel. And, like, and it doesn't bother me. But, like, these little tiny old school ones do. Anyway, and so I'm not fully. I just, I just certainly have kind of changed some of my um, my the way I kind of handle it. So my doctor actually said to me, he's like, imagine the worst case scenario when you're in that. Like, what is the worst case scenario that you can imagine that you think is happening? And then just pretend like it's happening. So that's what I would do. And that, that sometimes works. Sometimes it just made it worse. <laughs> really? um, but I think it was also just doing it. Like, you know, flying. Like, now I'm practically in the air more than my, more, more than I'm on the ground. And so, you know, I used to get very claustrophobic in planes, and now I don't. Um, I used to get plus, more claustrophobic in elevators, and now I don't because I mean, in my line of work, I'm 
constantly in tall buildings and constantly in these smaller spaces. But if it if one did suddenly get stuck, I would not be pleased. <laughs> you don't want to be with me if that happens. Like I just I don't know. Like I, <laughs> so anyway, so that's I guess that's really the depth of it. It's nothing too 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 dramatic, I guess. But no, but I mean that that makes sense because it affects that every. Right, and not every, but not every every story is heavily traumatic. But it's your story, mm-hmm. and it's what you've done in order to get past it, and what you do on a continual basis to push yourself through those moments that would cause anxiety, like getting off the elevator three times only to enter it back on a fourth. Mm-hmm. Those well, types I, of I things. People, I'm always better if someone's with me. I actually waited for these guys who were outside. <laughs> <laughs> like oh good they're coming back in, so it's right. not always as like you know I'm not always as successful at overcoming it as I seem. But I think the the real trick for me was just doing it, just just right. just sucking it up and doing it. But, and, but that's sometimes that's what it's that's what it needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to take those twelve steps only to take six back to take twelve more forward, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I mean. And, I, and I've said this in the past, a lot of mental health all stems from anxiety, right? We get anxious about certain things. And it's that anxiety that leads, it's that anxiousness and anxiety that leads towards potentially more severe situations, whether that be alcoholism, eating disorders, um, depression, suicide, uh, anything and in the world that we live in there's so much being thrown at us at any given time that it's like um i know uh, i don't really know what i'm gonna do here it's the stimulus i know hey ryan remember how i do how i like flew in because i was stuck in traffic and all this stuff Uh and and i flew into this place and i just stopped to plug in and i'm in a coffee shop and i just have to plug my computer in just give me can you're good you're good one sec i'm sorry you're good all right so while while sean is plugging your computer and and we get this conversation uh back online i wanted to take a brief moment to again say thank you to everybody who is a part of this uh community on a daily and weekly basis it really does truly mean the world to me i mean guys i know time is valuable and and we all uh have the ability to invest our time so i'm glad that you guys invest your time with this show and sean is back um so so, sorry about that oh no you're good i I have the ability to ad lib so um it's all good anyways so we're we're about through the halfway point um just past the halfway point and this is about the time where i want i want to make sure that those in the community know that we are resources. Um, myself in particular, I, I make myself available um, because it's important for me. And I know that when I was struggling and people made themselves available to me, that I truly valued that. So I want to be that and, and, and um, champion that uh, moving forward into the new year. But if, guys, if you are struggling, please, 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 please. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Reach out and ask for help. Yep. Um, There's so many not, resources out there now too that right. um, I think if we it doesn't even take much to look like just Google it. <laughs> like well, all, I, I, I want to. I, I mean, I want to address that too. You want people to reach to you. 
Well, I mean, I don't care if people reach out to me. I mean, I want to make myself available if they feel the desire to do so. But it's more so about the availability and access to the resources. So there are millions of resources in this world, I'm sure. The problem is, is there's millions of resources out there in this world, I'm sure. And like I said, if all mental health stems from some level of an underlying anxiety, when we go to Google and we type in depression, and I know because I've done this, the amount of search results that you get back yeah. are ridiculous. <laughs> so if you are a person who is struggling with anxiety or depression and you type in depression, you're going to get 80 million search results, right? Because that's how Google works. So you see those 80 million search results and you're like, um, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you don't act, right? Because too many choices is oftentimes just as big of an issue as not enough choices. Yeah. So one of the things we're working on, and Shauna, you and I have talked about this in the past, um, in our previous conversations, we're getting this thing turned into an app. I'm still figuring it out. But what we're going to do is we're going to take all of these global resources that exist. And those who are struggling, guess what? Just download the app and you literally type in what you're struggling with. And based on what you're struggling with and where you are in the world, we're going to be able to direct those resources to you. Those resources that are not 100 hours away, that are not a 10-hour drive, that are not not always most accessible, right? Because there's a lot of therapists and there's a lot of this and there's a lot of that. And then there's the AFSPs and the... Um, all these organizations and all these acronyms <coughs> and lots of snake oil. Yeah. That's the other thing too. There's not a lot of these resources that are properly vetted. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to do all that work for you. And literally all you're going to have to do is type in to the box, what it is that you're struggling with, but that's that so obviously takes an army to pull off. Mm -hmm. I've got the tech working on the financing, but we need the resources. We need to know what is available in each of these communities around the world. Because I don't care where you are. I want to be able to provide a resource. Because this is how we change the world. This is how we unify our voice. And that's the entire premise around this show is my story and what I've gone through in my life may not help you, may not resonate with you. But your story is going to help someone else and resonate with someone else. So it's about pulling together the community. It's about a team of people. It's about creating those safe cultures for us to share our stories mm -hmm. so that we don't have to read about the Mac Millers and the Chester Benningtons mm -hmm. and the Anthony Bourdains and Kate Spades of the world. Yeah. And that we don't have to see the news stories of the hundreds of thousands of people around the world every single day, every single year that, that, that we lose that we don't even read about. Or, God forbid, the big tragedies, the big tragic circumstances where if there was proper mental health, that could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. Being a dad, I want to see my kids grow up in a safe world, as safe as is humanly possible. And I will not rest. Hell, I'm sick today and still wanting to commit to this show because this is how important this conversation is mm -hmm. and how important these conversations will continue to be. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, 
I'm going to have these conversations and the show is going to continue until I no longer have a voice. And then I'm going to pay somebody to do it for me <laughs> because it's that critical that we'd be having these conversations and doing it at a larger scale. I totally agree. So, all right. We talked a little bit about the story, the struggle, what you did to overcome it, which is the pragmatic act of just doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, all right, it hurts. Ouch. Let's keep pushing forward. And, and then the pain gets a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And then inevitably you just build up a strength. Um, like, like la- la- this is a prime example. Last night, my wife and I um, were both sick because my son got me, got us sick. Um, but I was like, I still had to commit to the workout, right? Because I'm still on mission 35. I'm trying to get into my best health. And obviously a lot of that is physical. Um, so, I still did 30 minutes on the recumbent bike because it's 25 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit out here. That shit's cold and I'm not running outside. She's mm-hmm. like, I, how can you do this? I can barely breathe. I'm like, neither can I, but I still have to do it. Yep. <laughs> like when we get off this, I'm going to go upstairs and work out because I've got to do it. Yes, it hurts. And yes, I'd rather just be curled up and Netflixing, but like I can't, mm-hmm. I got shit to do. Um, so what's exciting with Shauna right now, which I know is a lot, the Hasten Hustle next third version is coming up. Um, we're obviously talking, I'm trying to help you guys out with that as much as I can, but like, what else is going on? What else is exciting? In aside from that completely? Just in life. What's, what's going on? Obviously, I mean, you're a very multidimensional person with a lot of things happening at all times. <laughs> I mean, there are a few people in the world busier than me, but I think you, my dear, are one of them. <laughs> uh, let's not go there. I am, um, yeah, I, I tend to be very busy, but I don't want to glorify that because it's not really where I want to be. I am, um, I'm trying to simplify. <laughs> I, I took some time this summer to really um, evaluate where I wanted my business to go. And so I got super clear, super clear what I wanted. Cause Hasten Hustle had, you know, we, we grew that 175% in one year over like over the first year. And that's incredible. It's a great problem to have, but it's also exhausting and stressful and, you know, and it's a big responsibility because suddenly I have this beautiful community of people and I hate the idea of letting them down. And in some ways we, have at times and others, you know, and so I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I really take this forward and, and fulfill the mission of my company and which is to serve and support entrepreneurs. Um, so I took some time this summer to get really clear on that. And, uh, so now I, I am, and we're, we're building out a whole division of it. So anyway, I'm not going to go into that, but we're, um, I'm just taking. I mean, you could. We've got like 17 minutes left, so I mean, you could. <laughs> well, <coughs> no. So I mean, we're, we are. We're building it out into a media publishing company, and we're really trying to make it um, something where people can go to access information and resources and support, and and find their community of of uh, like-minded entrepreneurs. Um, so that's really the long and short of it and it's just for me i was you know i wrote i took a blank whiteboard in the summer and i put the hasten hustle community i wrote those words out and i put it right in the center of the whiteboard and i was like how do i how do i 
build around this. Like these are my people. I need to figure out how I serve and support them. So we just right. built it that's more sustainable than one event a year. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. We're building out this uh, website and, and and a bunch of services. And so that's that's great. It's going to launch pretty soon. And then yeah, we're I'm working on the event. I can't wait. Yeah, the event actually I got some great news today, so I can't share it yet, but <laughs> I'm all I was all excited about a news for you. It's uh some it's about our speakers, so I'm pretty excited. Like Well, I, I'm kind of on the inside loop because of our boy Misha, but um Oh, are you? I don't, I, well, I don't even think he knows this information. Okay, well I mean obviously he used to be in the loop on everything because well, he's just amazing like that. I, 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 I think I may know, but I don't definitively understand. We'll we'll talk off okay. air. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty friggin' excited. Probably the most excited I've ever been. Um, and so yeah, so I'm trying to, but it, but in my personal life, I'm just trying to keep it a little bit more simple because, you know, I have this 16 year old son who, I I recognize is now almost at that age where, you know, we're he, we're coming to the end of that time in his life where he's going to be around all the time. Right. And uh, it's already starting to become kind of like, you know, he's working and he's now a driver and, you know, it's, so I'm trying to really, and, and my time with him is the most important time in my life. Um, I will cancel anything for him. And so I, I'm, but I'm trying to make sure that he remains that priority right to the, I'm not going to say the bitter end because it's not like it, parenting is over at 18. Right, until the, until the change. Yeah, until that really transition sort of takes mass effect. And um, so, yeah, we're just trying to do some traveling. And uh, he and I love to travel together and and uh, just spend time and, and really focus on that. My, you know, I, I have a ailing father. And, and, um, and Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's tricky. My dad's pretty old. So we're just trying to spend time with him and, uh, and, and, and make sure my mom stays healthy while she's kind of um, supporting him and, uh, you know, and just doing some of this, just keeping my life very light. I'm a very, I'm fairly simple in my life. I ha I don't have very ex um, extraordinary tastes, although I end, up, I end up doing extraordinary things because wonderful experiences seem to come into my life. I don't really know how people are always asking me this and I don't know how. Um, I guess it's just an attraction thing. I don't know. But um, but by my nature, I'm quite simple. I'm quite happy to just putter around the house and do things on the weekends. And, you know, like I, I actually, I love that. And I love going to places on our trips where it's not very commercial. Like I don't really like Disney World or or theme parks. I like going to like... I don't know, the beach in Maui or something, you know, where right. we're not, you know, hiking in Newfoundland and I don't know, that sort of thing, if we can. So, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to keep it simple as much as possible and just focus on getting, staying really clear and focused on my company because for so long, I think I was sort of chasing, you know, like shiny objects, you know, or shiny things, you know, making sure. And now I'm like so clear on my business and I'm so happy and I feel so committed to the vision and the mission and the community and um and making it and, and getting it right and uh so yeah that's where we're that's where i'm at i love that i mean i'm a dad too i've got two little ones a nine and an eight-year-old oh yeah and like my weekends are just slammed because they're both super active i mean it was yeah. it was 
football during the summer and into the fall and now we're back into gymnastics and taekwondo and ninja class and all that like it's crazy noah's on two hockey teams for i and his because one's just not enough i know and he's in midget so like the game is at like nine o'clock at night yeah we were talking last well the other night at one yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know, it's so late. Like, it goes till and the practice go from like nine to or nine thirty to eleven. Yeah. And it's like, oh. <laughs> like, I, I I understand that parent life is rough sometimes. Right. Yeah. But it puts it allows us to put more things into perspective than most entrepreneurs who For don't sure. have kids are because I don't and I I have a feeling you're kind of a similar way to me where you're not doing this for you. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, you're doing it because you enjoy it. Yeah. But you're doing this for a legacy. Mm-hmm. You're doing this for something for him down the road. Like I'm building my son and I, I think we're launching it in, in January only because the summer was madness. and so we didn't get a chance to launch it, mm-hmm. but we're launching a new, we're launching a sneaker cleaning company okay. um, in, in, in uh, January. So that's going to be uh, like the supplies and stuff like that are going to be like my Christmas presents to him. Um, <laughs> but like, no, I mean, we've got the business model, five bucks plus shipping. That's We're going to clean them. And, and half I of it. Know it's just yeah. <laughs> I, you have to figure one thing out. I put Noah's shoes through the wash the other day, like literally uh, in the washing machine because they stunk so bad. They're his gym shoes. And they smelled so bad, like I couldn't even have them in the house. Like I had to keep them out. I'm like, what did you do to these? Like, I put them through the wash twice. Still smelled a bit. I was like, well, uh, there's ways. We're figuring it out. All right, there's we'll ways. talk about mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, guys, th- th- this is this this is real life. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we do these conversations raw and in the moment. I mean, you asked you asked me a question the other night. Well, do you do anything pre-recorded? And this is why we don't. Mm-hmm. Because we we if we pre-record it, we we lose a little bit of the vision, right? Because we're we're real humans having a real conversation about real life, right? And and that's why everything is unedited. Mm-hmm. I edit absolutely nothing mm-hmm. because who are we, or more or less, who am I to dictate where the person who is inevitably going to hear this or be a part of this take value, right? It's them. It's on them to take value. That's why we're. That's why I say I'm a curator, not a creator. Mm-hmm. So, um, Shauna, where yeah. is, if, if somebody were to try to get a hold of you, where is the best place they can find you? Uh, well, LinkedIn, Shauna Arnett, oh. um, or um, that's probably the best, or or on Instagram, Shauna Claire. One, Sean Claire one. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter, nice. but I don't go as much. I'm but, not yeah. on Twitter as much either. Um, well, thank you. I mean, I appreciate you making the time uh, to, to for this to be a priority for you. Um, I have a feeling we're, this this is one of only many conversations we're yet to have. Um, so I have a feeling there's a lot of bright things in both of our futures, and I'm excited by that. Um, yeah. So as we get ready to wrap up, I've got this little mindset mantra thing that I uh, that I like to say, and I 
I'm actually talking with Misha. I like calling him Misha because there's too many mics in my world already. Um, that uh, that him and I are going to probably put on a t-shirt one of these days because why not? Um, but it is as follows. So number one is be happy, right? Number two is have fun. And number three is hustle your ass off because everything in life takes work. But and that's a very large emphasis on the butt. There is no amount of hustle on the planet that will bring you happiness or fun. So it's imperative that you have those two in your world first. And then to all entrepreneurs out there, to all the hustlers, to all the people that are waking up every day. Oh, we lost Shauna. Oops. Um, so thank you. Um, so to every, that was weird. I wonder if her computer died. Um, or connection issue. Things happen. Um, so to all the friends and, and colleagues out there, remember, take time to breathe because that's important too. Anyways, guys, we'll be back on Friday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Grace Presley, writer, author, um, educator, and a myriad of other things. We'll be back on Friday with Grace, so I hope you guys can tune in then. In the meantime, see you guys in the next one. Bye.